Hi, this is Saraj. Uh, thanks for listening to my podcast. I just want to quickly take a minute and tell you about the platform I'm using for recording this podcast. It is Anchor.fm, and I really like it because it's free and it's a great creative uh, creation tool uh, which allows me to edit and record all my postcards in one place. Uh, and I can use my phone or computer to do this. And uh, Anchor lets me distribute my podcast for free to all the popular brands such as Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. And uh, last of last but not the least, I can make a bit of money on the side with no minimum listenership. So I think it's pretty cool. And if you want to create your own podcast, check it out on the Anchor app, or you can go to Anchor.fm to get started. So see you. Hi guys, welcome to Unjustified True Beliefs. This is a podcast in which we talk about beliefs we all have, but we have no basis for it. And we try to find real world examples where we have experienced some of the biases, some of the beliefs we hold, and we try to justify it using philosophy, psychology, and maths. So keep listening if you are a skeptic and you have beliefs which you want to validate. Today we have on our show, Karthik Kanan, Mohamedan Nath, Akshay Badwaj, and Jyoti, who are all esteemed uh, guests on my show for the first time. We are here to talk about a common topic, which is cognitive biases. And we'll talk about different cognitive biases we experience in the society and the effects we have seen uh, in our lives. So, hi everyone. Thank you for being the part of the show. How are you guys doing? Doing good, dude. Hi. Being a bit formal for the first time, but as we go along, it will be more chill and more relaxed. So let's start. I'll, it'll be a very open, free-flowing conversation and uh, I'll just talk about some of the biases and ask questions about where we have seen these biases. The first bias is the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's the overestimation of one's own assessment and we've, we've heard about this, that the people who, have, who are not that good in the thing, they feel they are really good in doing their activity. And at the, at the same time, uh, the people who are bad have a bias that they're not good enough. So have you ever seen that a person having the superiority bias that I'm actually better than average in, in a, any activity? So uh, let's start with Momo because she is here for the first time and we are talking to her after a long time. So hey, Momo. Hey, what's up? Hey, um, have you ever experienced the Dunning-Kruger effect in your life? Yeah, I, I think I have. I mean, this is the superiority bias, right? Where people tend to overestimate their uh, their capability, even though they only probably know a little bit. In fact, I was having a conversation today in the house about something similar, how some people, uh, you know, let, let's say, for example, guitaring. I mean, there will be some people who actually know it, but they don't have that kind of confidence to... They keep second guessing themselves, which I think is also called imposter syndrome, which kind of goes against mm-hmm. superiority and Dunning Kroger effect. And then you have other people, on the other hand, who, uh, you know, they have a lot of confidence. Maybe they, they haven't really practiced it. They don't really know the field, but yeah, they they act like, or at least they they paint a picture like they actually know the stuff. I mean, they they know what they're doing and. I think it stems a lot from confidence and I can't really think of a proper example, but, but yeah, in my opinion, Dunning-Kruger effect is 
very highly linked to confidence and people with a lot of confidence, sometimes bordering on overconfidence, might end up displaying this. Hmm. Yeah, and, and people who are underconfident, like hmm. I was saying, uh, more like uh, imposter syndrome, which kind of is the opposite of Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. Let's take uh, some points from uh, Jyoti on this. She must have also seen some of the people in her office, in her office where she, like they were as smart or like, you know, either they had this bias uh, or they, like you yourself experienced that I have this bias because of the, the crowd around you. And you are made aware that we have this bias. Jyoti, do you have anything uh, uh, on this? So this bias, superiority bias, I feel that it also depends on the people around you. Because if uh, you're surrounded by people who are probably, um, let's say in the workplace culture, beginners or, you know, new people in the team or something, you might be doing something which is better than them. But uh, it could lead you to believe that you are actually superior to them in your skill set but whereas it could just be a matter of getting um getting you know upskilled or something which is not a big deal so uh if you surround yourself with people who are who are skilled or would have new or better ways of thinking or just different ways of thinking which do not necessarily agree with you you might come across people who are better than you and uh, probably that could lead you to stay away from this bias. Interesting. That's really good. Let's move on to the next bias and we'll take uh, Karthik's feedback on this. So the next bias is called the system justification effect or status quo bias. It's the tendency to defend or bolster the status quo. Existing social, economical, political arrangements tends to be preferred. An alternative, desperate, purged, sometimes even at the existence of individual or collective self interest Kathik, what do you think it means and have you ever experienced this? I mean, the uh, best example I can think right now is probably the pandemic. Like, we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast, but what I feel is happening, this is, this biases I feel is true even more so now because you have a news that you all sorts of news you want if you want if there is something that you want to believe in there's news there's evidence in quotes uh, supporting that and so for people who are averse to change this will this definitely happens like you don't want to change right like especially like think about in the pandemic now you, you the world is shut down the government is asking you to stay home and you're like, why? Why should I stay home? Like, what's uh, like? Who are these experts? Like, you, your mind will is averse to new information, and it will come up with new justifications to combat that. Are to the point that right now we are like, what the the mainstream media sucks. The the experts aren't really experts. What are experts anyway? Like, you will, you can. Uh, that's definitely true. Like, your your mind is built to not accept new information because it it has a world model as you grow up you come up with a world model and if your m- mind regards that as its construct and if anything threatens it 
the mind will defend itself and to defend itself it can given a big enough group it can go to any extreme like you see in the current pandemics absolutely so i think there are two points here one is as you said there are people who uh, challenge the status quo for their own self interest and there is another position we which we want to defend the existing status quo like everybody has their own status quo or own set of beliefs or own own models of the reality and under a extreme or a, or you know critical situation we tend to defend our own model where as compared to look, looking at the facts or looking at the evidence that the world provides is there a way where we can overcome this bias is it similar to having more exposure can reduce this bias in humans any thoughts anyone i can comment on that uh, so i i think status quo bias is is uh, it happens because we are we are human beings and we are very emotional right so uh, so we have this huge fight or flight response to things which is uh, linked to something called amygdala in our brain and uh, which is why we we love we crave stability right and status quo is all about that we don't uh, no one likes change no one likes uncertainty they they love to be stable because they love comfort they love to feel comfortable they don't want to be pushed into an ocean where they don't know how to swim so i think a one way to overcome this would be to have something called a growth mindset i think it it also stems from mindset right so when you have a fixed mindset you're very you're not okay with trying something new because you're constantly you constantly feel like trying something new is equal to loss and then you you try to tell yourself again there's another bias a uh, link here and i'm sorry if i'm uh, bringing in more biases but there's something called confirmation confirmation bias right which means that you actually bring up facts to kind of support your your belief even if it may not be the right thing at a certain point so sometimes to remain in status quo or to remain in the current state of things you will introduce confirmation bias that is you will bring up facts and figures which will actually support your current state of affairs and you will not move beyond the current state because yeah you you've got evidence that this is the best anything else is loss so the best way to go about it again uh, to repeat myself would be to have and work towards a, a growth mindset which is to look at everything as an opportunity and not to look at it as loss I, so I was just reminded of a, mov- a movie and a song from that movie. I, have, uh, I know Karthik is a big fan of High School Musical. Sorry to bring it up here, Karthik. <laughs> and there mm-hmm. was a song on uh, status quo. Has anybody seen that movie? I think it was the basketball yeah, and, song. Uh, no, I'm just trying to remember the song. Oh wait, yes, just stick to the status quo. Has anybody seen song, that yeah. movie? Come on, don't lie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You remember that song, right? and uh, in that movie i think the entire uh, idea was people had their own status quo and it was difficult to challenge that and difficult to change what they you know, the people expected from them as well for the next one we'll take jyoti's uh, thoughts on this it's the illusion of asymmetry inside so it's people uh, perceive their knowledge of their peers to surpass their peers knowledge of them ooh interesting so jyoti do you think you know more of us than we know of you I mean um yeah this one is new to me 
but i feel it depends from person to person some people do spend some time more than others thinking about their peers maybe uh, in other words uh, maybe judging their actions or something like that so it just i think it depends on the amount of time spent um where does this stem from i'm sorry um i'm not getting yeah, this is an interesting man like in a group of people yeah. like suppose we we had a group of a really exciting group back in bangalore and uh-huh. you thought that you know more about other people than other people know of you or you could be an like an extrovert who likes to share everything about themselves and uh, yeah. you know you know like everybody know me very well and this is who i am yeah. or you could have like i know this pe- person better than that person knows me so i guess it will again so if um, an introvert is interacting with an extrovert the introvert could actually end up feeling that i do know more about this person than this person knows about me and uh, that may not be true because the extrovert is not necessarily saying things which are uh, you know what make his or her personality it could just be what they want to portray so um that could lead to this bias where uh, the extent of communication is uh, different from either side or this bias i feel could uh, stem from the fact that um uh, you i mean you just you're just talking but then you take someone's words or some small action to mean something uh as to you know to extend one grain to a bigger thing just from your past experiences because maybe someone uh, in the past or from your experience did something and which led to something and you could attribute that to this present experience as well and be uh, that oh i already have figured this person out because i know what's going to happen so i know this person more than they know me interesting is there any way to find out that we have this bias like i i can't think of a way where we 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 are made aware that we have this bias. Any thoughts on that, anyone? So I was thinking of just talking about a little incident here, uh, but it's not really related to uh, how we can really overcome it. But where I've noticed this asymmetric insight is uh, another example. In addition to the extrovert and the introvert conversation that we were having is also the male and female aspect so females think that they are the more usually no one in in general but usually most of us me most of my friends we we think that we women are the thinker types we think a lot and the men are more of the doers they don't really think that much and if we and unlike jyoti was saying right that if if some action has happened in the past you sometimes tend to think about that action so you again that becomes something called availability bias because it's happened in the past you think that it's going to repeat so you go in a different tangent but yeah in in my personal life i think i'm the thinker types and i think my husband is a typical guy or or so we have i mean we have stereotype guys like that but that's not the case anymore i think that he actually doesn't pay any attention to half the things that i say because yeah because probably in the past he's not paid attention but things have actually changed and and i think a way to overcome it is to actually give people a chance i don't know if it's it it can really help but i think in my opinion at least in my case in my situation with my husband 
I have started giving him a chance to, you know, do things and given him a chance to, yeah, just be and, and let, let him take ownership of a few things and without falling back on that availability bias thing that, okay, in the past, he's not done this. So I, I know that he's never done it, so he's not going to do it. So let me not allow him to, you know, take over. So, so just by allowing people to and giving them a chance to do things, maybe a way to tackle this is my opinion. So that's, that's, in, that's interesting. So you think you know more about him than he knows more about you? Apparently, and apparently, because I, I think <laughs> that women always know more than men, but that's not the case. It's not like that. It's honestly... That's a bias. We, we need to list that down. Women yeah. knows more yeah. bias. Really, <laughs> But yeah. I have something to add here. If you look at the illusion of transparency, it says you overestimate the other's ability to know you, right? But the previous one says that your knowledge, you uh, uh, overestimate your knowledge. So you believe that your peers know less about you than you know about them. So I can see how this would lead to frustration. Like in your mind, they have the ability to know you, but they do not have the knowledge about you. So it's like you guys spend the same time about me, but yet I seem to know more about you than you know about me. So I can see how that might lead to frustration. Did that make sense? Mm -hmm. So let me rephrase. So the illusion of transparency says that um, I will over, um, suppose it's just you and me, Saranj, uh, like we're talking, um, I think I overestimate your ability to know me, which happens. Like I will think that based on this action, I'll be like, you should have known that I was going to do this. Did, didn't you know that? Like I've, oh, I'm overestimating your abilities to understand me. And I'm like, how can you not no, know this you about don't. me? Don't so that is an illusion. <laughs> but on the other hand, I per also perceive that at a core level, I know you better than you know me because I overestimate. So I'm overestimating my ability to know you as well as your ability to know me. But I consider your knowledge below me. So you see what I'm doing. Our abilities are the same, but I say that I know more than you with the same ability. Interesting. So one talks about knowledge and another talks about ability. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. So I have more knowledge about you, but you have less ability than me. Oh, so this is this also ties back to the superiority bias then in that case. Thing. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So it, it it does. That's that's cool. So everybody is fundamentally flawed here. <laughs> like that's interesting. And this is the whole point yeah. of this uh, podcast to figure out what we where our biases are and if we can any way overcome them. Interesting. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, the fourth one is uh, the herd instinct. It's the common tendency to adapt the opinions and follow the behavior of majority to feel safer and to avoid conflict. Well, yeah. Who, who likes to take this one up? Uh, okay, so I, I, I'll give it a shot. So herd instinct can be groupthink, sort of. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it, it stems from the fact that 
we human beings i mean long back when the human civilization i mean the whole thing was starting right back then stone age blah 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 we even animals do this actually they they try to move in groups because like you say safety numbers right so so when you go to a scary place you'll take all your friends along because you you don't want to be alone and then if something happens you actually have people to fall back on so yeah it, it again stems from i think that safety net concept and and here you mentioned about did you mention about confrontation when you were reading it out no it's called the conflict. basically the tendency to adapt the opinions yeah. and follow the behavior of majority to feel safer and avoid conflicts yeah so i had noticed that a lot in my some people in my family they avoid confrontation and conflict because it makes them uncomfortable they cannot sometimes it makes them uncomfortable because they themselves can't accept the truth right and they are trying to fall back on their own status quo that oh no something else is actually not possible so i'm not going to confront it i'm not going to accept it which is why i will just follow the herd and 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 not get into any kind of conflict so i think herd instinct is a very it ties up to a lot of different things one is group thing one is safety net one is not conflict to avoid yeah completely because again it's tied to comfort and uncertainty and I, I, yeah it, i think it's pretty much tied to a lot of the other biases we spoke about already i like what she was saying so i feel that um, herd instinct is something which every one of us has seen and also has um, um been a part of it because sometimes it is um, mostly i feel it kicks in and where it could still be useful is for your survivability where you are uh, you know uh, when uh, you feel you are in danger you might it might actually help you to kick in this instinct um and survive because that is how people in the um stone ages would survive because if you're alone it's easier to just get killed by a wild animal or something like that or you eat something which is not supposed to be eaten it's poisonous so it does help to have this instinct but um, where it could lead to where it could you know we would do good without it is uh, probably now in the you know like maybe in your career or something like that where it is good to challenge what others are doing but not necessarily uh, i mean challenge sometimes first in your head and then when you are pretty sure that it's uh, not good what others are doing not the best way to do it then probably try to change it yeah probably that's how it should be when we are in danger it is sometimes good to kick in this instinct when we feel we are in a dangerous situation like for example um uh i don't know you are in a new land and suppose uh, i move to some i don't know to a rural village or something or i follow start following a lifestyle where uh, we have to hunt for our own food or plants or something where we do our own plant picking or something i will look to the people around me to figure out how to pick a plant or how to uh, chop it or cook it or what not to eat and what is poisonous 
so in that case it would be better to follow your herd instinct because uh, not following it could actually harm you uh let's move on to the next one it's called the fundamental attribution error is a actor observer bias the tendency for people to overemphasize personality based uh, explanations for behavior observed in others while underestimating the role and power of situational influence on the same behavior so what we do is we try to justify people's behaviors based on their personalities so this we we say that he has done this so he is a bad person or he is a bad person that's why he would don't do that so we over emphasize personality based explanations over behavior observed we, like suppose somebody is driving right next to us and he is very angry and he is humping the horn we will we will directly uh, associate that person to be a uh, you know rude uh, angry person who is doing this because he just doesn't mean well and he wants to overtake he's a he's a bad person but it could be a person in a dire situation who has to rush to the hospital to save or to save us someone's life so he's acting that way so we overestimate or you know this this is the fundamental attribution error we we, we associate any behavioral examples to that person's personality but in our case we'll say we have done bad because the situation was bad and situation was such that we had to act in such a way but we don't see that in others and this is a very interesting bias any thoughts on this uh, karthik this bias is probably if you can have a favorite bias uh, this is yeah. my favorite bias and the thing is i try so hard to avoid it but you cannot right like like when you need and i like this bias because it will the knowledge of this bias will leave you when you need it the most it will always like you will always judge other people by their actions and you will always it is extreme and it's so hard to overcome like how do you your window into their lives is through their action like how else do you judge a person and of course you wouldn't judge a friend like that your friend and you uh like if you talked a lot with your friend or your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or but yeah it's it's just so hard to overcome if if it is someone you don't really know well because you don't know about anything about them what is your window into their life their actions and and when push comes to shove and when it matters the most and you shouldn't be doing when it is the most harmful for you to have this bias is when you will have it and that's why it's like it's pretty interesting like 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 the road rage example you gave you will probably be extremely angry like road rage is a thing right like it's it's a like you everyone's like felt it and you will never think that hmm that okay probably i sh- you will think of this 5 minutes after your anger has calmed down but if if the situation escalates your mind will not say that hey calm down maybe he had something if maybe he cuts you off and he's repeatedly cutting you off you will completely have the you will wish the worst on that person or you will will absolutely say that that person is the worst like you would you would not yeah you would immediately assign it to their personality right Absolutely, it's easier to uh, empathize with people you know. It's very difficult to empathize or understand the situation of 
the people like strangers so we are more prone to uh, judge people on their behavior at the first instinct and make quick uh, you know assessments about them uh, is there a way i i don't think there is a way we we can overcome this especially with strangers can uh, can i add something to that yeah so i i want to talk about two things one is could be something we can try out and I, i know it's easier said than done but one way to probably stop yourself from you know forgetting about the situation and attacking the not attacking the person but just thinking that okay he's done it because he is a a or an x type of person and not because of the situation could be to just take a deep breath and wait hold off for like i know in a road rage situation that's completely different and then that's and let's not go in there but uh yeah one way could be to take a deep breath hold off for 10 seconds and just calm down and try to get the logical side called the prefrontal of your head to start working so if you give yourself those 10 seconds uh, or even you can start counting five, to from 5 4 3 2 1 it, it is said that uh, when you're having a certain chain of thought let's say we have a tendency of blaming it on a certain person's character and not the situation whenever you're going in that direction you can actually tell yourself okay 5 4 3 2 1 you can try to break that pattern okay and, and then just hold off and then think that no it, it's probably not the person it's probably the situation let me just cool and calm down for a bit and then reassess so yeah just trying to break that habit of yeah so that that's could be a way of tackling it and the other thing i wanted to discuss about is why this fundamental attribution error might be happening is because of the way uh i have noticed as a kid and i've i've noticed people around me in my family whenever a kid used to do go- good in let's say a math exam they wouldn't say that oh look you've done so well in a math paper they would say oh you're such a good girl no you're it, it's not about being a good girl you did good in math so just give it to them for the action that they did don't don't say that oh you're such a good girl because that's so generic and that's huge okay i i think it stems from that kind of a system that we've been accustomed to and right which is why this fundamental attribution error has been happening and has become a bias yeah. that's actually a good example because uh, till now all the examples in my head were of uh, where you attributed a person's behavior which is uh, most probably something a little negative but this was a good thing that people actually do do it in a positive uh, case as well where uh, getting marks on exam even though not the most important but is considered a good thing uh, but it does not make the child a good person it makes them a, probably a hard working person or a person who is gifted at math but it does not uh, make them who they are so it's yeah it to have that thing in a positive case also it's a very common example where you know uh, again like with your manager you could get upset with him if uh, he does not he is not uh, probably rewarded you enough in a certain situation or something like that and just be like oh he's just like that or something like that but it more than often is a situation where he has to make a lot of decisions or decide 
where the team's budget would be spent or stuff like that and uh, it does happen where you're expecting things and uh, but it doesn't work out and then you start judging the person instead of the situation because uh, i mean compensation is a huge part of your life so the you but then you start hating on this person who might not have anything against you for no reason at all so yeah The next one is called the projection bias. The tendency to unconsciously assume the other person shares the same or similar thoughts, beliefs, values or projection. Whoa, this is interesting because I have never experienced this. Like I I don't know, like I I'm not aware. Maybe that's a bias that I never experienced this, but yeah, any um, thoughts Karthik? Like have you ever felt that other people share the same thoughts, beliefs, values and positions? This has definitely happened. I mean I when you I say think, that you never I think I did now I now this now if I think about it like being a data scientist and like uh, trying to tell people this is how are uh, my model works and trying to give a presentation and any sorts you assume that the other person also knows what you're talking about and then you and then you like exactly. I'm just trying to explain I'm why aren't they understanding that's like that becomes a problem frustrating thing and then you realize oh they don't have the same background Then you're like, okay, let's baby steps. This is A A for apple, B for ball, and that's how we progress. Why, why so, do we? Why do you think it? Where huh. do you think it stems from? Us, us complete. I mean, us thinking that okay, the other guy is probably on the same page. Is it because we are too lazy to, uh, you know, put ourselves in the other, or not that empathetic to actually put ourselves in the other person's shoes and then think, okay, no, this guy might not be able to get data science because. he has been painting till yesterday and he's not looked at data ever is is it because we are too lazy and we don't want to you know spend that this is an interesting question kartik can you do you want to this two different things like one is uh, knowledge the other one is feeling so we can talk about the knowledge part first i feel like I, it's happened to me as well like when i'm giving some a presentation and i assume the audience knows more than it does because i know more at that point because it's the work that i've done the, and the reason for that is spend enough time in a field and you will lose track of what the baseline is like you will not know what where others stand from a because the it might be because the baseline has changed so at some level it can happen that you underestimate them but like that is not projection projection would be um um yeah so like when i say that someone is projecting it is it is especially when they speak for everyone else like you know simple things like uh, when you speak for everyone else like uh, it will it will be ki i everyone's everyone's feeling this way that is projection that is like uh, and on, because you feel that way you are projecting that feeling onto others and that is the more uh what is it called harder to overcome by part of the bias like the knowledge part you can probably calibrate again the audience can tell you that they don't know but with this stuff you this ties back into the illusion of asymmetric insight you already believe that you know more about your peers so you will you are already at that point you are like yeah i know what they're feeling so i will speak for them and say that hey everyone's angry at this thing that my manager did so things like that 
projection bias i think where i've i can give you an example of where i've seen it a lot okay no hard feelings to anybody but i general observation with a lot of parents i have noticed that they like to project i mean they they kind of assume that they know what the kid wants to do so they've already decided that okay no bro you are going to write iit je you're going to crack it then you're going to go to iit powai you're going to sit by the lake you're going to go to iim then you're going to go to the us of a everything is done i have decided it for you because i think that's what you're going to do again i think it ste- stems from the fact from from that overprotective parent thing you know parents always think that oh he has to go in this direction of physics chemistry maths je iit i am this because i have heard that that's the right thing to do i have heard people doing that again availability bias you know that people have done it and they've done well in life so i have assumed that that's the right thing to do for my son and i have also assumed that, that yeah he wants to do the same thing so that's kind of i think a projection bias where you have actually not sat down with that guy and spoken to him and asked him that okay is this really what you want to do do you want to do stand up instead no you've you've not you've you've just assumed made an assumption and put your overprotective feeling and then yeah just yeah i i i think it's pretty relevant and applicable in this discussion mm-hmm. agreed i'm totally agree with this one okay two more to go and the next one is called the outgroup homogeneity bias it's the individuals see members of their own group as being relatively more varied than members of other groups so do you ever feel that in our group we have like large variety but if other people look at our group they will think that they are all the same and like share the same personality or share the same traits ever experienced it for some other group where you thought they are all the same but individually they would be different so let me add one more thing so the, the last one is also very similar to this so we can probably combine both of them the last one is called trait ascription uh, trait ascription bias the tendency of people to view themselves as relatively varied in terms of personality behavior and mood while viewing others as much more uh, pretendable so you think that i'm more you know i have a lot of hobbies i'm more varied i have a lot of ideas and uh, different mood swings but people think or, or if you look at the other person you you can predict what they're going to do it's the same with in a group setting where you think oh this group will behave in a cer- same way a football team will behave in a certain way because they are like that but indiv- like yeah you know so probably you can just take it at a personal level or you can take it other, as a, at a group level i'm just trying to think of some examples where we can predict a group's behavior like let's say country yeah i i was going to say that because when i just moved to the us a lot of people would come up to me like my colleagues and they would be like oh biryani i'm, I'm like no that's that's not all that we do we don't just eat and google biryani and and curry no we are all very different we have like 30 states and beyond yeah and it's it's way beyond biryani that's that's not how it is everyone is very different i am myself very different on a monday and on a sunday so no that's mm-hmm. because according to them they are very i mean when i say they it's not just about it's about 
people on the other side they think that they're very diverse they don't know no it's no i i just yeah because when i was speaking to them and they said biryani i was like oh so you're from new york so new york cheese pizzas and she was like, no i i love broadway my sister loves yeah rockefeller no so yeah i, I think that was something i noticed Mm. I think I can see it at a country level. Uh, we we tend to associate a personality with with certain countries. That US is this way, China is this way, some other country is this way. So, but individually, yeah, there is variety. There is huge variety. Hmm. Any uh any other groups at a smaller level? So at a let's say at a company level or some other other smaller. groups where you have seen this bias anyone like when you say at a group level you mean like uh... so you can predict someone's behavior so like if okay uh, i don't want to make it very political here so i don't want to get too much into okay. what china is doing or what us is doing or what australia is doing or something like that great ascription bias um rate ascription bias that is the second one we are talking about right yeah so yeah. uh just a thought do you think it could be uh, a result of the illusion of asymmetric insight because it does feel like hey i know i mean their knowledge is of their peers is more than the vice versa so they just assume that oh they're so predictable i know what they're going to do and i i am oh i'm i don't know what i'll do because i just have this past experience of having lived and my opinions are very um, well informed or something but the other person i have them all figured out they are just like you know a happens they will do b that's all i just feels like that that could lead to this cool i think we have covered a lot of interesting biases in today's episode and we it, it has been a very informative discussion Uh, and we like definitely i learned a lot through this discussion any final words uh, from anyone well i have a final question which i would like to put to everyone and maybe one one line of your thoughts on this mm-hmm. um you know we we went through so many biases and i'm sure there are uh, you know 100 more of them you know which are fairly similar or different from yes. you which we uh, cover in our following episodes actually yes yes uh, but but can we live without these biases is it what possible to you know 100% eradicate these from uh, our lives is it advisable to you know not work with biases you know these are some of the questions which still come to my mind just want to hear from everyone uh, and like you said saransh this has really been uh, quite informative and i'm looking forward to hearing mm. what you guys think about this okay i can say something uh so my thoughts are i think the reason we keep falling back to biases is because yeah in this the 2020 is the world of automation right we we love automating uh repetitive tasks because we want to do more we want to do bigger things and see the bigger picture right so i think what biases allow is they allow us to automate some of our actions because we don't have to think about a certain situation you have the bias so there's a auto action happening from your side right so the good thing is in some cases 
like the herd instinct and the point that jyoti made that it can actually save you from certain situations but apart from that i think we should all be a little more aware mm-hmm. and accept that we have a particular bias it might be difficult but yeah accept it be a little aware and then try to detach the emotion and yeah start thinking and be a little more rational about you know what we are doing and yeah that those are my thoughts right yeah yeah agreed so i guess all we can do for starters is to be more aware because the moment we are aware i think it is a very natural reaction for anyone that once they are aware of something they're doing um on the fly or you know without control without consciously doing it without consciously deciding that hey this is how i want to think you generally recalibrate yourself once you are you are aware so the main thing i think for beginning beginner to begin with is to become aware like i just realized uh, in this session thank you saranj that i do have uh, or i did have illusion of asymmetric insight i did have that where i would feel that i know people more than they know me and then they would come to me and say like hey you you know i uh, this is uh, what you would do and i would be like yeah this is what i would do in a certain situation how did you know that where when i thought that those people do not know me well enough so i have fallen prey to illusion of asymmetric insight so i and i didn't even know it's a bias so yeah there it is in life if we are a vector and we progressing and we want to try to avoid any mistake like it's one one part is going doing the right thing then making the right decision at the same time we want to avoid those mistakes and i think being aware of possible mistakes can help us avoid future mistakes so that's my intent uh, of learning all these biases all right what about you kk yeah i'm here yeah 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 um no i was thinking about all of this um um i i feel like the biases wouldn't be biases if they didn't help us like survive fundamentally like like uh like i would i i was going off what momita was saying i was actually thinking about that that uh the automate the like it it helps us automate our life right and i feel like because of everything being automated outside like i'm not uh, i'm talking about the world being automated right now or everything just advancing I'm, and i'm saying that that these biases are coming forward to light because we are getting connected to everybody else and then we are seeing that it's not true in a small tribal group like perhaps the early man sort of stuff this will help us survive these biases will help us survive and that's why they're built into us like we don't need to understand that someone's actions don't dictate their personality when when it is a case for survival like to make split second decisions these biases will help us survive but when you are when we are like now civil civilization has come up 
much much ahead than we don't need to fight to survive and that's why these biases are being even discussed at a philosophical level really okay thanks a lot for your time and for this uh, really interesting discussion uh, this is one of my favorite topics and we will talk more about it there'll be few more episodes today we talked about the social uh, biases but we can we'll also venture into uh, memory bias and uh, other behavioral bias uh, in our future episodes decision making biases so looking forward to have more conversation with you guys and see you on the next episode thank you